Hey, hey, you're listening to Fearless Pursuits Podcast, where it's that time to slap your doubts and fears around, learn online marketing, some mindset hacks, and fuel your entrepreneur's soul so you can have a breakthrough to success in your own business, even if you're just starting out or if you've been in business for a while. I'm Sharon Koenig, an online business coach and serial entrepreneur for over 25 years, and my goal is to share with you everything that I've learned along the way, including the good, the bad, and the ugly. Each week, we'll explore what it takes to reach your goals, your dreams, and create the financial freedom through online entrepreneurship, plus hear interviews from special guests who share their own tips, strategies, and advice on how to break through to success. As a special gift for my listeners, yep, that's you, grab your complimentary strategy session to help get your online business visible on the map so that you can make the kind of money you want in your business. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Welcome all you fearless listeners to another episode of Fearless Pursuits Podcast. We're rolling out the red carpet for another guest. I want to introduce you to Josh McLean, and he is an amazing transformational coach. He's an expert in personal transformation, and I am so excited to be able to have him here. He helps high performers understand and overcome fear. I love this topic, and they do this in order to achieve their personal full potential. I mean, after all, we only go around this life one time. Josh is a continual learner. He's energized by the pursuit of self-improvement, so he is going to drop some wisdom bombs here on you today. And he lives an abundant life. He's actually written a book he's going to share with you about, and today we are going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that's fear, the hidden epidemic, and the roadblock to your personal achievement. So, Sit back and get yourself something to drink because we are going to dive deep. Hey, Josh, welcome to the show. How's it going today? It's going great. So, so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. So I love to ask my guests a really fun question, kind of helps the audience learn a little bit more about you. So tell the audience one thing that most people don't actually know about you. You know, that's a, uh, that's a good question. You know, I think the first thing that comes to mind, it, it seems uh, maybe a little bit quirky and odd, but I just put it out there that it is possible to get kicked out of first grade. And I know because that was me, <laughs> so um, kind of one of the similar, yeah, just in terms of that was my, that started it all. But uh, that was just one of the uh, first thing that came to mind. Oh, you're such a rebel. You're a <laughs> troublemaker, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bit of a contrarian in, in many cases. So uh, definitely get that from, from my mom. Oh, I did not even know that was possible. So your mom's a little bit of a rebel too, huh? She, 
she had the distinction. Uh, she lived in kind of the South during um, times when people were trying to discover maybe what a new normal might look like. And so she got the distinction of being a rebel by being the first woman to wear pants in high school. Oh. So she crossed that particular barrier. And I think I just, through interactions growing up, I think I just observed that in terms of finding a balance of standing up for yourself and just understanding where to, to find your voice. And um, yeah, so uh, her quirk would probably be the, the, the pant story. So what I'm hearing is you've got a long lineage of leadership. <laughs> yeah, in some regard. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I would love, I, I've of course had the opportunity to get to know you, you know, and, and your story and, and, and how, you know, you've had a lot of uh, difficulty, but you know, you've overcome that. And I think it's so perfect to be able to share with everybody when we're talking about the fears that make us play small. I know that you've dealt with that in your past. So why don't you just take it away and, and tell everybody, you know, a little bit more about you and how you got started. Yeah, no, that's definitely, I'll give you the kind of the overview. And I would say to start out with, the tagline might look like or sound like after school special material in terms of you're just going to listen. You're like, really? Like, what? who is this guy? And it really started for me back in the uh, high school where I just did not have self-confidence or uh, I had this ability to maybe stand up in certain regards, but I was just playing, playing small and I let that insecurity and that fear basically going into high school I ran from some opportunities and I ran into the identity of drugs and alcohol and that was basically a masking agent for just some pain and really knowing that I should do something different or more but I just dove deeper and uh, at one point was uh, in drug rehab and that translated into college where a little bit more of the same. And so I came out of college really hitting rock bottom, basically uh, driving from the bar to work one day. And when I did that, I realized this is not the life that I want to lead. And I had this epiphany moment where I locked myself uh, in a room basically for nine months. And I talked to, I think, two people over that nine months. And I was just really in this self-reflective, almost detox kind of what in the world happened? So, quote, got my act together, went back to school, pursued my MBA in finance and a chartered financial analyst, went out into the official workplace, if you would, financial services, big corporations. But I was putting on this corporate facade and trying to play somebody that I wasn't and worked long hours, sacrificed family to the point of doing PowerPoints, people say, yeah, I work at home. I'm like, yeah, me, me too. But my, my work at home in this phase of life was literally at the dinner table, fork in one hand, working on a PowerPoint presentation that was due the next day, right? So I was sacrificing relationships at the expense of trying to advance my corporate career. And in 2014, that all came crashing to um, just it came crumbling apart when I was rear-ended, had a traumatic brain injury, suffered vision impairment, and I had a long road of almost three years of just rehab. So I had to kind of rise from the ashes and figure out, okay, the, the path that I took before, the brute force way, wasn't going to work. And really had to define, okay, what didn't work? 
what could work and then I really started to just rebuild my life and ultimately uh, landing a job at my dream company Nike and then publishing my first book last year so the last 12 24 months has really just been transformational Wow, what an amazing story. And I, I just, I can't even imagine what it's like to lock yourself in a room for nine months. And then, you know, you know, that's part of coming out of an experience, right? And then you go into doing something similar to that with your rehab after the accident, too. Yep. <laughs> you know, because you, you're kind of repeating the same experience where you're reinventing yourself through Absolutely. tragedy. Absolutely. That's, uh, reinvention has definitely been one of my, my taglines. You know, and it's really such a shame, and, and this is how I created Fearless Pursuit, that, you know, we don't have tomorrow promised to us, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of us are living this corporate lifestyle. They're living whatever lifestyle they have, and they're missing out on the true meaning and purpose of their own life and just wasting yeah. their life away. And unfortunately, it takes some sort of tragedy to bring people out of it. And I know someone very close to me who's had a tragic experience and never truly even came out of that. So it's really sad to me when you think about those kinds of people, you know, who are experiencing lives like this and they don't come out. So it's so wonderful that you were able to come out of this, you know, to rise to your success out of so much tragedy with, you know, so much knowledge and help for other people. Being a, a personal transformation coach is something that, is amazing to me, you know, because I realize that you're out there helping a lot of people so that they don't have to lock themselves in a room for nine months. So I would love for you to talk a little bit more about some of these fears. So you, yeah. were, you were dealing with a lot of this confidence issue. So when we're talking about having no self-confidence, you know, um, it doesn't matter if you're a high school student or if you're an adult in the corporate world, we realize that we're, on some level we're dealing with, you know, some low self-confidence or fears, some kind Absolutely. of fears. So. I know that, you know, overcoming this adversity and having these fears is something that a lot of people are dealing with. Can you give us one tip on how you actually overcame your fears? And, and I mean, look at what you've done so far, you know, writing a book and just doing your life yeah. all over again the way that you, you want it to be. Uh, you know, let me, uh, let me zoom out a little bit just to put the idea of fear in context. Because I think a lot of times people... Uh, people that want to do good, they, they give advice saying, you can be more or you can do this. And then they, they just triple jump right into setting some goals. But if you set goals without the right context, they can actually be harmful. So for me, part of my book and just my interactions with other people trying to speak to, you know, someone like your friend who is just stuck, right? They they, something happened and they're now stuck, whether it's an external event or it's maybe they got laid off or fill in the blank. They just day-to-day -day life is holding them back. In the context of kind of the, the, this catalyst framework that I put together, imagine a slingshot. So in order to kind of move forward quickly and, and with a lot of energy and drive, you really need five parts to the slingshot. The first is you need some white space thinking time. You need this margin in your life in order to just 
press the off button, which is kind of what I've experienced twice. And number two is you need to identify your superpowers. What is the essence that makes up who you are? Oh, I love that. Number three is neutralize your kryptonite. And this is where fear comes in. And I'll, and I'll come back to that really quick. Uh, but number four is what I say, set legacy goals. And I have a, go- a legacy goal setting framework. And number five is to create success sparks. And that's really taking action. So you notice that setting goals is actually number four, because before you can set goals, I think you have to have enough time and space away from the day-to-day to actually hear yourself think versus all this external inputs coming in. And then most people don't really think through who are they at their core? What lights them up? What are they made to be? What's their mission? Fill in the blank, whatever speaks to you. And then fear, fear is, fear is a hidden epidemic is one of the the, the phrases that I just kind of keep on banging that drum. And what I mean by that is fear is this invisible trap and you can't, you can't actually touch fear, right? You can't take fear and put it on a scale and say, oh, you have 10 pounds of fear and I have five pounds of fear. <laughs> no. it, it, it is, but it's, it's tangible. You know it's there, but it's, it's invisible. So uh, one of the illustrations that I like to use is imagine Usain Bolt. You know, he's world record holder. And, and just imagine how fast he, he's running. Well, imagine that before he ran, you go up and give him two kettlebells. How fast would he run then? Not too fast. <laughs> That's what we do in life with fear. If we don't let the fear go, we are attempting to run this race, holding on to the fear. So my hope for your audience, for anybody that hears this, is to really identify your fear and just let it go. So, so, so go ahead. The, so I was, I was going to dive into the three fears that I talk about, unless you wanted to go a different track. No, I, I love that. And I definitely want to get into that. But, you know, you mentioned the word epidemic, right? And, and I believe that you know, we've got a couple of issues with regard to the epidemic. The fear is an epidemic, but so is not, not being enough. But the one mm-hmm. thing that I want to talk about here is how it's affecting most people, right? Because mm-hmm. how fear affects people with regard to playing small, not just in their life, but also in their businesses, yeah. So really the, the fear, fear, it, it really paralyzes you, I guess is the best way to say it because you're, you're either, you're paralyzed by internal fears, right? Fear of um, just the internal demons in your head or just that negative self talk, or you're afraid of others and you're really looking around and you're just paralyzed because you're worried about your quote Facebook friend and what they think, or uh, Joe Schmo 746 on Instagram, or sometimes it's well-meaning people like friends and family. You're, you're worried about what they think. And so you're frozen in, in time. You're almost waiting for someone to give you permission. And then there's also a fear of action as a lot of people, they might know what to do, They might see the steps if they're actually afraid of making a mistake. It's that growth mindset versus fixed mindset. They're really people, people want to go from Portland to New York, but they're afraid to start the engine and leave the driveway unless they see green lights all the way because they want guarantees because that's at the end of the day, I get it because in our kind of educational construct, we were built and educated to train this industrial age worker that you kind of know what the end goal is and you have all these guarantees and a set syllabus and life is not about having guarantees or set syllabus. So this is a part of being an entrepreneur 
and really pursuing your legacy or your mission is getting comfortable with the unknown. And that is so incredibly difficult for so many people. I mean, because we are all experiencing these fears day to day. You know, what if I do this? What will happen? What if I don't do that? You know, and then we're procrastinating or, you know, we're absolutely stuck. Like my friend that I was talking about. And we realize that we're not really accomplishing that life that we want. Ultimately, as you say, we're playing small, but it factors into all of these different you know like a spider web where it it's different parts of your life you know you're not making the money that you want you're not getting that love that you want you're not getting that physique that you want you know it's one of those things that it just is factored into so many aspects mm -hmm. of our life so you talk to people about transforming their lives right Absolutely. so how would you say people can begin to make a lasting transformation? I think for me, one of the, usually I start with uh, a quote from Jeff Olson, and it's, it, it says, people who live with huge, vivid, clearly articulated dreams are pulled along towards those dreams with such force, they become practically unstoppable. And why that's important is that the, idea of, hey, setting some goals or a New Year's resolution, a lot of times they get caught up in the activity. I want to go do, I want to go run 10 miles or I want to go do this particular activity and I want to make more money, but they lose sight of the why. They lose sight of what exactly they're trying to achieve or in my case, I want more time with my kiddos, right? So there's a sense of being really clear about your goal and your vision and make sure that it's yours and not somebody else's that you are uh, adopting, which I think a lot of people, they're too scared to claim what it is they really want in life. And I'm sure you encounter that a lot with people you talk to. Um, so that's really step one is to identify that compelling vision that is going to get you out of bed versus getting, uh, getting duped, if you would, by all the marketing that happens because we have get drawn into Netflix or get drawn into an app or there's so many distractions that we are in constant information overload. So you have to press pause on the information and really connect with yourself. You know, it's interesting to me, you know, here we are in the digital age and, you know, we have so much information that's coming at us. We get these inspirational quotes, you know, on yeah. Instagram or, you know, one of our Facebook friends has this inspirational quote. And, you know, over time, you know, we've seen find your why, find your purpose, you know, and it starts to sound like wah, 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 you know, and, and yeah, we start yeah. realizing that it's just a cliche. And, and then a lot of people talk about how they're so sick and tired of hearing find your why, find your why. But the truth is, is that, you know, if we're talking talking about someone who's actually going for a transformation, you know, they're, they're actually going to sit down and take it serious and they're going to put that aside, right? You know, that yeah. whole idea that this is a cliche and they're really going to listen because it is absolutely fundamental to find your why, to know why you're doing it. I mean, when we're talking about procrastination, right? Procrastination is, you know, something that comes out of fear, right? Um, fear of, 
moving forward, fear of not moving, you know, either way. But it also comes from not having a reason, not having a big enough reason to do something. So I, I love that you, you mentioned this, but I just wanted to dig in deeper on that because people say that, oh, we, we're sick of hearing this, but <laughs> how important is it to find your why? I would say, at least, and this is, you know, one guy's opinion, but ultimately it is the starting place for any meaningful progress. It has to originate from your why. And you can, you can swap out the word, your mission or whatever the case is. But for me, I've realized that uh, I fell into that camp before. Well, I've heard that. I've heard that before. Mm-hmm. But the problem is people are hearing things, but they're not taking action. And the people that are taking action don't know how to sequence the steps together. And so at the end of the day, people feel overwhelmed because you have one, one camp of people who are the broken New Year's resolution people and they've just kind of given up. They, they don't know what it looks like to achieve goals. And so they say, whatever, I'm just going to watch beer and baseball and pretend I'm happy. And then there's people that try to get going and there is no off button for most information. So they just don't know well, what steps. If you go to your pantry and try to build, you know, this, this beautiful dinner or dessert, you need to have the right ingredients. You need to put them in the right order or otherwise it's not going to turn out the way you want to. And that's really where identifying somebody to listen to who can actually tune down the noise and give you a proven step is where coaching is critical or finding the right mentor is critical because otherwise you're just grasping at straws. And finding that accountability, too, Absolutely. because oftentimes, you know, when we think about like the New Year's resolutioners, for example, you know, they, they you know, they've got their why. And, and, and also you had talked about someone else's why, you know, like maybe a husband wants his wife to lose weight or something and she's losing the weight for him. It's his why. It's his goal, right. really. And, and she's not feeling it to her core. So we start realizing that, you know, we, we have to get really clear about our goals and you know, we've got to make sure that we're doing it for the right reasons. And that's, I mean, I think for me, when I came out of my first you know, rock bottom moment, I, I didn't have any anchor. I didn't have any true mentors or people speaking into my life. So I looked around and I, I had joined LinkedIn about the time and I looked around and said, well, it must be that success is external related. So I pursued income, I pursued degrees. And at the end of the day, I, I feel lucky as odd as that it took me a while to get there for sure. But the car accident forced me to stop the trajectory I was on and really reflect and say, is this the life that I want to lead? Is this the person I want to be? Is this the husband? Is this the father? And at the end of the day, that, that answer was no. And so having the freedom to, to just rebuild life, how I want to build it and spend the time and just really be intentional, I guess is the word, mm-hmm. has been super valuable. And that was part of the genesis of, of, of even writing the book because one-on-one conversations are great, but then sharing my why with other people, my mission, hopefully inspires even someone in this audience to just really tap in and, and maybe put down that baggage of, of, I've heard that before, or this won't work, and just lean in with excitement. I love that you asked yourself those questions. Have you ever heard of the eulogy exercise? I have, yes. And that is so powerful. So there you are recuperating from this tragic accident, you know, and, you know, with brain damage, right? Yep. 
and you, you're you're probably dealing with a lot of issues, and I know men in particular because they're they're typically the breadwinners of families, <laughs> and you've got your wife, you've got your kids, right? And you're wondering, okay, how am I going to do this, right? And you realize that you might not be able to, and that's really difficult for a lot of people. So you're you're stuck in this experience where you're going through rehab and you've got all these fears and all of these questions but somehow you turned it around and you started asking these really important questions and I think that when people are experiencing you know this transformation in their life or you know tragedy that moves them into a place of transformation I love the eulogy exercise where you literally are asking yourself what kind of life do you want to have mm -hmm. by the end of your days because that's ultimately what you did right yeah. I mean, that's essentially one of the exercises is asking myself, you know, fast forward 10, 20, 30 years, and what will people say about me? And I realize that in reflecting, uh, my kids would say, oh, dad's maybe a little bit too grumpy or short with his tone. And I had to reflect and say, that's not criticism when it's reality, right? There's a sense of just mm -hmm. being, being willing to self-reflect and become self-aware i and i don't know when we lost it but it feels that that is part of the missing link is that internal self-awareness to actually care and have a desire to change those two things are different to actually become a different person and i i don't think that's where the average person is today no, and I have to wonder too, you know, because I do so much work with online entrepreneurs and working with mindsets. So it seems to be a really big issue more today than it was. I've been an entrepreneur for over 25 years and working with lots of different people over the, the many decades. And I can tell you that I'm noticing something a little different here because of, well, I believe that it has to do with the digital age and where we are making friends. And I'm using my air quotes here. I can, because, I can hear them. I can hear them. <laughs> you know, here we are online trying to have these relationships and people get so overwhelmed and they get so confused and they're lacking clarity and they just really don't know what direction they're going in and they're, they've got comparisonitis and mm. you know they're dealing with all sorts of fear and then they internalize beat themselves up they sit in procrastination and fear and they just wallow in it and they don't budge so yeah. With that being said, you know, let's, let's dive into some of these fears. So what are some of the most common fears that keep us from reaching our, our success? The, the first fear is really the fear of others. That's, that's the first biggest fear is, and you kind of alluded to it, you're looking around and you are, um, because I'll tie it back to my previous comment, because they're not truly connected to your um, connected to their mission and their vision, they are looking to external validation. And so every person, it's not a chance to give something to give of their mission. They're looking to in to get an input to say, am I on the right track? And so mm -hmm. you get consumed by thoughts of what other people think and you are essentially trying to filter it. And so you lose yourself each internal or each input you take and internalize that they're all conflicting. They're all pieces. And so you, you're asking yourself, well, is, is that who they want me to be? And so you become this, this 
chameleon to some degree or somebody that just sits in the background and you kind of are waiting and you essentially live this passive life kind of on sitting on the wall. Imagine I'm just picturing in my mind this high school dance or middle school dance where you see other people on the floor dancing and you desperately want to be there, but you essentially sit at the table and just watch and are playing this game in your head. So it's really the, the first one is fear of others. And so let's talk about that for a second, though. So when we start thinking about fear of others and, and trying to, you know, I don't know, what, what is the right word? I think you used it, you know, trying to make sure that what, what step you're taking is the right step to take. We're looking for some sort of validation for each step that we take. So it sounds to me like when we have this fear of others that we are not trusting ourselves. Would you agree Correct. with that? Absolutely. We have not tapped into what is our mission, what is our why. So then... Uh, besides finding your why, because we've talked about that already. So then how would someone learn to trust themselves so that they're not always looking for that validation from others? For me, the, every, every step, every, every big goal, every thing that you achieve, it has to start with the first step, the next step. So everything, my philosophy is everything can be broken down to, the next step. Nothing gets achieved without essentially breaking it down from step one, to step two, to step three. So it, the, the best exercise is really finding, carving out some time, uh, typically on the weekends uh, or in the morning, and set your phone to airplane mode. Not, not silent or do not disturb it. Really set it to airplane mode. There's, a, I, I think, a psychological trigger. And then start to go through that exercise of, where is my life headed, right? You can go through the eulogy exercise or another one and start to reflect and then be still and quiet and just start to write down what things come to mind. And that type of self-reflection is really what I found. The first step is if you're serious, you'll do it. And if you do it, you'll start to be surprised with the amount of insights that come to mind or things that you have suppressed for year, two years, 10 years that come to mind, you're like, wow, I forgot all about that because you've been too busy. And, you know, realize too that a lot of the listeners that are hearing us talk about fear of others, you know, they're, they're, they're thinking of people in their life right now that they respect and they're looking to those people to gain their respect and that's why they don't trust themselves. You know, maybe it's their husband, maybe it's their wife, maybe it's even their mother or father. You know, we have, you know, a lot of people, I actually know someone who is an adult and still today looks to their father for uh, validation because he respects him. He, he wants his daddy to respect him. And, you know, so the listeners are saying, okay, well, that's really great, you know, do this exercise, but... The truth is, is aren't these people dealing with some deep wounds with regards to the fear of others and what daddy might think? Absolutely. I mean, there's definitely a line of, depending on your past, where you, uh, I'm not advocating, you know, do it on your own all the time. That's kind of the path that I took. But definitely, there's usually some deep-seated reason uh, for the why. And I think it ties into, at least for my story, I... I was afraid of using my voice. And so it kind of blended with the fear of others, but also the fear of myself. And I used, there was a experience kind of giving a speech where I stuttered in front of the class 
And I carried that negative identity into high school, into college. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I unpacked that, that event, that experience, all the way through childhood, that I've been seeking or was seeking kind of external validation. So there, there is usually some kind of tipping mm-hmm. point where you, if you give yourself the time to think, you will trace it back to say, oh, because of X, I'm now more prone to seek some kind of validation from whether it's your mom or your dad or other people. But yeah, there's usually something from your childhood uh, or early adulthood that, that, that triggered that. And realize that, you know, there's another reality. We don't have to continue these thoughts because we realize that these thoughts are damaging us and they, they create these feelings mm. inside of us that just take us over. And when you start thinking about these feelings, you know, ultimately what happens is we've got this outcome. And it's either, a, a, you know, it's a negative outcome, you know, like for you, you had the drugs and alcohol, you know, and that's ultimately what happens. And it's based off of these thoughts and we allow them to take us over. Yeah. So now th- we're talking about the different types of fears, the common fears um, that keep people from reaching success. So we were, were talking about the fear of others. What, what would be another fear? Uh, for the, the next fear would be fear of self. And the, the fear of self is, definitely different where it's more of a internal uh, internal looking you're afraid of showing your true identity and you somehow think you are uh, broken or flawed the things that maybe make you tick uh, are not valuable or appreciated and so you it, I, I use the cardboard facade you basically put up a cardboard facade in workplace or in life and you pretend to be somebody different and realize these fears are connected. So it's, it's not just mm-hmm. have one or the other, but there's definitely a, a parallel. But for mm-hmm. me, I, I realized that uh, the best analogy or the best illustration I can use is uh, I had a love of, of reading books and books were part of my unlock early in my life. And once I got a little bit further, I looked around and, and somewhere along the way, I looked around and nobody else that I was really hanging out with was uh passionate about reading books the same way they there's nobody I could talk to and so I looked inside myself and said oh I I'm not a man I'm uh, somehow not doing things that other guys are doing and this stem from not having uh, known my father growing up so I think some of that comes from I was looking to identify with well what does it mean to be a man what does mm. it mean and and I realized that okay I uh, I'm not a hunter. I think I've worn camo shorts once, so I don't know if that qualifies. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it's, uh, there was just things that as, as I looked around, I, I don't know how to change my oil. All of these uh, don't give me a hammer and expect anything to be fixed, maybe broken. Uh, it's, I, I looked around. I, I didn't have these traditional male uh, attributes, and I really struggled with that for a while, just understanding, okay, like, am I, am I broken? Are the things that I like to do? Like, so it was just one of these odd kind of self-discovery questions that because I decided to bring it to the top of mind and actually work through it, I can now talk about it. But a lot of people just keep it uh, under wraps and they don't want to have that conversation. And these come from ideals, from our society yeah. and from our cultures. And the thing is, is that when, you know, we have these, 
air quotes again, you know, the <laughs> traditional lifestyles that we are supposed to be living. And then we don't fit into that box. We start feeling like we're an alien and we start feeling like we're not accepted. And ultimately, I mean, we know about how we are as humans that we need to feel accepted, right? And, and, when you're not accepted, at least, you know, many moons ago, you were kicked out of the tribe and that meant death. Right. And yep. So that's the thing, you know, with the fear of, you know, being yourself and saying, yes, I, I, I like books and I realize nobody else does and I don't wear camo pants and, <laughs> and I don't know how to change, you know, oil in my car, you know, it's like, you know, women today, you know, some of them, you know, they don't want to get married. They don't want to have babies. And some of them will beat themselves up, for example. And, you know, I'm not a woman. I'm not a real woman because I don't want to have kids. You know, my sister Sally, she wants to have six. What's wrong with me? Right. You know, so it comes from, you know, these ideals from our, our family and from our culture. And it's so incredibly difficult and hard on us. We judge ourselves for not being who we're told we have to be. Yeah, and that's, I think there's also a sense of a lot of the unspoken rules. You look around to all of the, the media and advertising, and there's all these subtle, we, we are being, uh, I call it psychological warfare, just to kind of put some dramatic flair to it, but we are being <laughs> marketed to and advertised to with a purpose. So if if you're not really marching uh, your own beat and just understanding your mission, you are going to be influenced more than you even realize. Absolutely. So we have fear of self and we have fear of others. Yes. Third one is fear of action. And this, what this looks like is you're really, you're, you're paralyzed because of the fear of change or unknown or making a mistake. And it's really around the question, what if? What if I fail? What if they, it's just that that deep-seated um, desire to look perfect all the time, which I think is one of those downsides of the digital age. We don't have this sandbox to make mistakes. We're not necessarily uh, traditionally encouraged to make mistakes. And I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship done right as you get back to the nature of let's, let's do it. Let's get back to building something, having it not work and building again. It's just the process of like learning to walk, right? You don't get up and walk right the first time you have to get up, fail, fall on your face, get up, keep going because you're determined to get it right. But when you're fear of action, you, most people who have fear of action, if you kind of peel back that onion, they can tell you 35 different ways that it could go but they don't actually know how it will go because they haven't started. I love that. They haven't even started, you know, and we've seen these things, you know, one of the things I love is this uh, phrase talking about failing fast and mm. failing forward. So, you know, I, I guess people really understand, you know, failing fast, you know, making those mistakes, especially, you know, you mentioned entrepreneurship. Obviously, we want that learning curve to be as short as we possibly can. So, you know, go yeah. ahead and fail, right? Go ahead and take that action and fail. But what the heck is failing forward anyway, right? It's, yeah, I mean, failing forward, I guess, to me is it's failing 
with a positive mindset. And what I mean by that is um, I was giving a speech the other day and I, I asked the question, if you were to write down or hear somebody speak to your kids the same way that you're speaking to yourself, mm. how would you react? And in most cases, like you can just see kind of the, you know, the, the <laughs> hear it on their face, like, ooh, I, I would, for me, if, if in some cases, if I heard somebody talk to my girls the way that I talk to myself sometimes, I, I might lose it, right? Just, <laughs> and we, if we're, if we're failing and failing kind of backwards, if you would, it's because we're being a bully to ourselves. We mm. are telling ourselves that, oh, I'm, an idiot or fill in the blank. And so failing forward is like failing with anticipation and, and understanding that life and growth is not linear. We, we want it to be linear and predictable and reality is it's up, it's down, but it's more like the stock market where over time, if you're pushing forward and investing and doing those things, you're going to have exponential growth is what I believe. You know, I know there's got to be a fearless listener right now saying, oh, hey, guys, that sounds really great, but I would have a tremendous amount of anxiety if I took action on X project that, you know, someone's got this project, right? They've got this goal. They've got something that they're working towards, right? And yep. it scares them. They're listening right now, and they're saying, I don't know, you know, sure, you know, I'm paralyzed with fear and I, I, all of this unknown stuff, and I'm, I, I know I'm supposed to, like, make all these mistakes as quick as I can so I can learn from them and, and have this good attitude, but it just creates so much anxiety in me. I just, I can't do been this. There. Been there, yeah. I, I've, I've been there, for sure. It's, it's I, I would say, I would challenge to say, uh, what's what's the reality of it actually failing and what are you actually afraid of like what's the outcome that is so scary and once you start to demystify the scary big monster under your bed you realize that either one of two things are true either the outcome actually isn't that bad or it's not going to be as dire or the outcome could really be mitigated and for me, it's a lot like doing the laundry. I don't know about you, but in my house, it, it takes at least 10 times longer to talk about doing the laundry <laughs> than it actually does to fold the laundry when it comes out, right? I mean, it's, just, it's we talk about, oh, laundry, it's like, I, you could time it. It takes you less than like five, seven minutes to actually fold it, but it'll sit there for seven hours. <laughs> I bet if you put those camel pants on, it would get and done it would, really it would, fast. It would be, well, I would be too busy, you know, watching beer and baseball and I can't. No, but it's, I guess it, it's reality of um, the more that you can articulate specifically the fears, like what, like drill down into, if you're familiar with um, a business kind of world, there's a, a thing called the five whys where you drill in and say, well, why, why tell me more and you mm -hmm. get down to the root cause. And a lot of people, if you just pause and say, okay, what's, what's the reality or what's, you know, what's actually going to happen. And if you take, you know, speaking for example, or for me publishing the book, there was a fear of people are going to, you know, laugh at me or ridicule me. Right. And you go through like, well, okay, well, how could I mitigate that? One, on one end, you're going to, you're going to over-prepare and the reality is, well, I really, is it my desire to publish a book that is so um, just 
kind of half-baked that I would put something out that that would be the reaction. I don't believe so. So you just kind of go through like, okay, that's not a re that's a, that's me playing small and actually coming up with an excuse to not do it by claiming this boogeyman that actually isn't even real. Right. And, and, you know, we have to give ourselves grace and understand that you cannot please everybody. You've got to stand on principle. You have to stand with your passions and your mission and realize that, you know, you're not going to please everybody. They're not going to like your work, you know, and, and that should not yeah. deter someone from taking action. Ultimately, if you are coming from a place of service and you're doing something that, you know, lights your, your heart up, you know, like with your book, I know that you put so much work into your book and you meant to have this book transform lives. And when you go about it with that spirit, you know, you, you know that someone's not going to be happy with it, but you know, most people are. And so that's, Absolutely. that's really where you have to rally around yourself and do that self coaching, which ultimately is this whole entire conversation, you know, you know, before we get off this topic, I think the other question to pause and if you, if it keeps coming up for you, if this is your project, you know, the way you phrased it, I think was great in terms of like, they, they know there was this implication. They know that they need to cross some threshold for a project or whatever it may be. And a lot of times you can get people to reframe the question by asking yourselves, how will I feel if I don't get this done for six months or another year? So for mm -hmm. me, I mean, a, a lot of times moving from theory to, to practical reality is helpful. So for me, coming off the car accident and I had a choice to either kind of keep playing small or start to step into this identity and be more on mission was writing a book. And I realized that if I didn't publish a book, I would regret it. If I were to fast forward five years and to not have published it, I, I just, I could feel the emotion. So that emotion was part of what got me through each day when I was like, I don't really feel like writing it, but it's not about how you feel in the moment. It's about being committed to uh, live your best life. That was your driver. When you think about the car, you know, the driver in this case was your desire and your passion to do it. And it was greater than you staying in that fearful place. We all have a choice. We all have a choice. And this is where if you were to zoom back to say, well, Josh, why did you like buy the book? Why now? And it was really meant to move from having one-on-one -on -one kind of Starbucks coffee conversations and moving it to scale the conversation, but to very intentionally very uh, I would say loudly force people to make a decision will you actually move forward and do the hard work to live the life that you say you want to live or do you choose to live in a world of complaining and just dismissing the, the potential I, I don't care I mean I hope you pick the pursuing your mission but at the end of the day I just want people to have a choice and just like the matrix right Ah, I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> but it's that, it's that, like, we, we don't, most people don't go through life realizing that they have a choice. And so I'm hoping that your audience understands that you have a choice, not saying that the choice is easy once you make it, but ultimately, if you know that that's the right decision, then make it, make it today. So good. So these are the three fears. We have fear of others fear of self and fear of not taking action, right? Fear of action one way or the other, right? right? Correct. 
So would you say there's a right way and a wrong way with how we go about reaching our goals? We were talking about goals not necessarily being the first step for transformation, right? But yet we do need this clarity and, and, and with regards to reaching some particular goal that you have, you know, writing your book, um, you know, getting out of your therapy and transforming your life. It was a goal, right? It, through yeah. all of this self-coaching that you did to transform your life, you did have a goal. You, you gained some clarity through that. So would there be a right way and a wrong way in how we are going about these goals? I go back to making sure you have all the right ingredients. I, I think it is important to have the white space thinking time. So you need margin in your life. You need to understand what your superpowers are. You got to understand what is the fear, the hidden roadblocks that are just holding you back. And then you can obviously set goals and make sure that you have goals that are um, uh, around the eulogy. If you would setting your legacy, what do you want your life to be? But even if you get that far, those are only four ingredients. You still have to take action. And that's where a lot of people who get up to the goal setting, they have this beautiful document or, or something on paper, but they actually never take action. So it sits there as a document that gets dusty and they never revisit it. So once you have those five ingredients, those aren't going to be necessarily sequential. You're going to go back and kind of iterate as you go through. But as long as you're having those five ingredients, you will reach your outcome. And that's so good because we realize, I don't know, someone made some statistics somewhere along the line talking about the graveyard being so full of ideas, dreams, and goals, and how mm -hmm. sad it is when we think about these, you know, these, these blessed people laying there who never reach their potential, that never reach their goals and their dreams, mm -hmm. to think that, you know, ultimately we have whatever reality, whatever choices to choose that as our reality or to do this self-coaching or to get a coach, get some accountability, you know, work through this process and do the work ourselves. Yeah, I, it would, I can't agree more. A lot of people, I guess two things come to mind as you just listen to you talk. One is, most people, if you were to ask them just off the street and you ask them about fear, a, a lot of people might tell you they think that life and the outcome of life or the purpose of life might be to have a, quote, fearless life or live fearlessly is the outcome. And I could not be – that's just so far from the truth. Mm -hmm. it, it's not about living fearless. It, it's about living – when you live with passion, fear will – actually be a required companion you can't you can't start going through something and the, what i like to maybe challenge people and this is maybe a, a, a uh, interested to get your feedback is that i believe that it's fear and the idea of maybe being overwhelmed is actually a great trigger for you that you need to stop and take action it's actually uh, a, a spotlight into your greatest potential so for me the fear of my voice it ruled uh, relationships. It ruled and ruined uh, college experience. And my voice uh, actually caused me to not give a speech at a wedding that I regret to this day. So I allowed the fear of my voice to drive decisions personally and professionally. But I always knew somewhere deep down that my voice was powerful. And so I'm on a journey to unlock that. But it was, it was that fear of my voice was the loudest thing over two decades. 
I get what you're saying, and and yet I'm not sure that I'm I'm really on the same team with regards to your thoughts about being fearless because I really think that you know we as humans we're just going to live in fear one way or another we're we're going to live in fear and that doesn't mean that you can't be fearless. So what does it really mean? I guess it's it's one of those things, you know, when we start thinking about the word success, what does success mean? It means yeah. different things to different people. Absolutely. So what what does fearless mean to me? I mean, I've built an entire business off of, you know, fearless pursuits. And what that really means is, you know, like being fearless because your dreams are waiting to come alive. Yeah. You know, we, we realize that, we have to go into that fear. We have to use that fear as a tool. We have to do this inner work. We have to become aware. We have to show ourselves the mirror and look at all of the overwhelm and look at our life as it is and do all of the questions yeah. and dive into that and move into the direction of our goals regardless. And to me, that is fearless. You're going to experience the fear, but do it anyway. And that's the, I guess that's the, uh, the clarific great clarification. I think using what you talk about is, is actually using the fear to, to kind of propel you where a lot of people just want to hide it away and not acknowledge it. And so, uh, that's a huge distinction. Great call out. Absolutely. And and I, I had to start my life over. And, and after being homeless, for example, I mean, even, you know, going and being homeless was so incredibly difficult. And then, you know, coming out of that as I did and then having to start my life over again, because I, I had sworn that, you know, nothing like that would ever happen to me again. Mm. But I, I realized that I have to continue to live my best life and go after my dreams and it doesn't matter if I'm scared or if I have to start my life over again 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 it doesn't really even matter because you know I failed so many times in my life and that's why I love you know fail fast and fail forward because it doesn't matter if you fail ultimately you get to reinvent yourself which is what Absolutely. you've done yeah. and you know, I want to talk about your book here because you've got this book. And so what exactly is it about and how can we as listeners and readers benefit from it? So the book, the title's Catalyst, Ignite Your Spark Within to Achieve Powerful Transformation. And the book, I guess the, the promise of the book is really in the subtitle, but it's really to take the spark within and to use that to catapult yourself into life that you are excited about waking up to life that you are just on fire for and you move from being kind of dull. So the, the book kind of walks through how, how do you get there? How do you unpack each step in that, in that slingshot that I walk through and each chapter ends with very practical taking action steps because uh, I don't want to have a book out there that is theoretical. I want it to be practical. So it's really, uh, think of it like a, a mix of a book and a journal where uh, it's a choose your own adventure and how much you get out of it is really based upon how much self-reflection that you're willing to do. And that is so good because in a sense, what it's to me, it sounds almost like, you know, you're their coach, right? Yeah. And, and you're actually walking them through step by step how to actually transform their life and come out of some circumstance that's holding people back. 
And that was the the challenge of for me writing a book was well, what do I what do I write about and what do I do? And what I realized is the 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 gifts that I can give or the legacy that I could even leave my kiddos or the the gift that I wish I would have had when I was in high school or college or early career was the advice that I've been giving out. And so it was really a challenge to package the advice in a way that somebody can be impacted without ever having to actually talk to me directly. And so it had to be mindful of uh, everything had to be in the book, everything, the steps, there's no, oh, but I missed a step and you have to go here. It's basically, if, if you want to transform your life, I believe you can pick up this book and get those results. I've had people reach out to me uh, privately and uh, just some really powerful messages and, and just been super uh, taken back, I guess, with the, the uh, messages and, and power that it's had. Oh, I bet you've blessed so many people's lives with this book. And it's got to be so rewarding for you to hear those stories. But it, absolutely. But it, it started with, you know, at the time that I thought about writing the book, or I was really committing to it. And I'll, I'll take you back to uh, every major decision starts with one decision. And I had taken a new job uh, just just before coming to terms with, with the book is my must. And I remember standing, it was early morning, sun's coming through the window and I was pacing and I found myself in fear and nervous about, well, what if it's not good? Or what if, what if all these negative self scripts that I was giving myself and I realized that I considered the idea, well, nobody will know if I don't publish a book and I say I'm publishing it later, they'll say, oh, that makes sense because you have a new job but I knew deep inside of me that that was a cop out. And so it, it, the reason why the book was published and it got out was because I made one decision to not hide any longer. So you're essentially a leader and showing people <clears throat> truly what is possible, you know, having come from all of the tragedy that you have, because it's not been easy for you. You know, your journey has been very difficult, just, you know, full of adversity and for you to be able to get grounded and get courageous and help people with their own journey. I just really honor you for that. How can people get their hands on your book? If you go to Amazon, type in Catalyst Ignite, uh, or you can go to my website, catalystignite.com forward slash books, and you will be able to uh, access it there. Oh, that's so good. I'll make sure that I put the link to the book in the show notes for anybody who is listening who wants to get their hands on this book. So I know that some people maybe listening are really interested in, in maybe reaching out to you as a coach or maybe even having you as a uh, speaker. How can people find you? Uh, website's the best place to connect with me in terms of finding out more, uh, whether it's coaching or speaking. And I'm also on Facebook. If you type in uh, Josh Catalyst, so that's that's the best place to engage uh, in a meaningful conversation. If you want to um, just start a conversation. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure that I get those links in yeah. the show notes too. Awesome. Oh, I really enjoyed this conversation. It was definitely up my alley. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> so, yeah, it was fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Josh. Thank you. This week's episode was jam-packed with great content, and now it's time for you to take massive action. 
Make sure to schedule your strategy session with yours truly and also visit fearlesspursuits.com where you can subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you found the show valuable, we'd appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes too. Or if you simply tell a friend about the podcast, that helps too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode. This is your fearless online business coach, Sharon Koenig. Thanks for listening. Now go out and be fearless so you can change the world.